Hi, this is the podcast channel of Lighthouse Church in Ottawa, Canada. We are a family. We don't do life alone. We are about the one, each and every one. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Our hope and prayer is always for life change. Here is today's message. Be blessed as you listen. Romans chapter 12. I want to start from verse number four this morning. Romans 12 from verse number four this morning. So this is what the Bible says. I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says that for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. Remember that we have many, many members in one body, but all the members do not have, do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ. Paul is obviously writing to the church in Rome and he's talking about the body of Christ, meaning the church at large. And so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them having then gifts differing diversity of gifts according to grace that has been given to us he says let us use them let us use them and that's where we get our topic for this morning let us use them he goes on to say that if prophecy so he's listing a number of gifts um not an exhaustive list by any means but he's just giving some examples here so if you have a gift of prophecy he says let us prophesy in proportion to our faith if you have a gift of ministry let us use it in ministering if you have a gift of teaching he says do it he who exhorts in exhortation he who gives with liberality he who leads with diligence and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness i want to read from verse 6 to 8 again in the New Living Translation, because I think it gives us a little bit of a different view, different um, angle to this. It says that in His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So what do you do well? So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, He says, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. And if your gift is serving others, so serving others is a gift, He says, serve them well. If you are a teacher, he says, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If your gift is given, so giving is a gift, say give with generosity, give generously. And if God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly so you know what at the beginning of a new year it's a very good time to be in genesis and i know you guys are probably tired and sick of genesis 1 2 and 3 right now because i always find a way to go there i don't know why i just can hardly preach a sermon where i don't find a root or a connection in genesis chapter 1 and so when you go to genesis chapter 1 of course you see the story of how god created the heavens plural and the earth a topic for another day and he goes on to you know establish his will upon the earth creates everything and the bible says as you get to genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 that god said god the plurality of god the godhead said let us us make man 
in our own image pay attention to the word make make in our own image according to our likeness all right and he says let them have dominion over the fish of the sea the birds of the air over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth let them have dominion so god created man in his own image in the image of god he created him male and female he created them let me pause here for a second because the bible says to us that when god created man he made us male and female so for those who have um, misogynistic tendencies and obviously not people in the church and people in the body of christ people would say well the only reason why god made women was because of man no what you forget is that god is god and god knew from the very beginning when he created man that he bible says male and female created he them created he them all right then god blessed him blessed them and said to them be fruitful and multiply feel the earth and subdue subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth so let's pause here for a minute okay i'm going to be in genesis chapter 2 in a short while and so this is you know of course what we call the crowning creation of god's of god's um, enterprise mankind he creates man in his own image and god says i want to make man all right let us make man in our own image but the first thing that god does he, he actually makes man in two steps he creates man and if you jump to genesis chapter 2 the bible says in genesis 2 and verse 7 that god formed man so it's the creation of man and the formation of man that constitutes the making of man let us make man in our own image and god goes on to create this man and god goes on in genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 the bible says that and the lord god formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being now i need to pay attention to verse number eight the lord god planted a garden eastward in eden and there he put the man whom he had formed and so pay attention to this the idea that god had when he made mankind when he made human you and i the human race was for dominion he was clear actually before he went ahead to create the man he already spoke to his purpose let us make man in our own image after our likeness let him have dominion he was clear that he created you and i for dominion and what god did was that he made the man adam as you can imagine and of course eve and the bible says that god placed them in a garden which was in the eastern part of eden stay with me this is important god put them in a garden the man that he had formed and god gave them an instruction in genesis 2 and verse 15 it says the lord god took the man put him in the garden of eden to tend and to keep it to tend the garden and to keep it now listen what happened was that the failure of man of adam and eve to keep the garden was what led to the loss of dominion so let me let me give you an example people think and we often say well we lost dominion because you know the serpent came and deceived them and they ate of the fruit that god said they should not eat of and that's all true but when you get to the root cause of the issue because if you have an analytical mind 
you have to dissect situations by asking many whys. Why did that happen? Why did that happen? So why did they lose dominion? They ate the fruit. Why did they eat the fruit? The serpent said, spoke to the lady. Why did the serpent speak to the lady? Um, he was cunning, according to the Bible. But then when you keep asking why, you quickly understand as you go further that the, what really happened was that they refused to keep the garden. And so tend the garden is one commandment. Keep the garden is another commandment. And they're two very different things. To tend the garden means to cultivate, all right, to, to plant, to prune, and all that other stuff that you do when you garden. To keep the garden, though, is to protect it from intrusion, from intruders, is to protect the garden from people like the serpent or from entities that are not supposed to have access to that garden. And their failure to do that was what ultimately led to the fall of man, ultimately led to us losing our dominion and all that other stuff. So a lot of times God will give you a, a, a simple instruction. He doesn't actually emphasize. He just says to them, tend and keep, and that's it. But that simple instruction is so important. It's so critical. I remember for me, the Lord said to me in 2005, May 2005, I will give you grace. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And that simple sentence, there was no shaking, there was no vibration, has glued to my spirit, has guarded me, you know, and <laughs> built constraints around me, um, has guided my life for many, many years. Sometimes God speaks simple things, but they're just as profound and you need to pay attention to what God was saying. So they did not listen. They failed to keep the garden and they allowed this dangerous element access to the garden. Before the enemy ever comes and starts to speak to you, it means that you have broken an edge. Don't forget the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence because out of the heart comes the issues of life. All right. The Bible says that if you break the edge, the serpent will bite. And so many times when we start rebuking and binding the enemy, it's because we already broke the edge and that has given him access to our person. And at that point, we are already vulnerable. There was no reason to begin with why this personality called the serpent that we now know to be the devil should have had access to the garden. Because they were instructed to tend the garden and to keep the garden. So God's plan was and is for dominion. And the key to having and maintaining dominion is by tending and by keeping the garden. Does that make sense to you? I hope it does. So understand this, that when man lost dominion, God's plan never changed. God put in motion a plan of restoration to restore mankind, to restore our relationship and to restore our dominion. And so, of course, we know that Jesus comes to the earth born of a virgin, lives a sinless life, pays the price for our sins, and restores us back. Restores us back. And what he restores to us is not just the relationship we have with the, with the Father, but he also comes to restore dominion. But this dominion now, he's putting that dominion in the body of Christ, which is the church. He is the head, we are the body. And when I say we, it's the collective group of us. We are the body of Christ. And he's the head of the church. And so you see things like when the Bible says that, Jesus actually says that you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. That looks like dominion to me. All right. You are the salt, not of your village, not of your street, not of your city, not of your town. You are the salt. He's talking to the, the collective us. You are the salt of the earth. That looks like dominion to me. He says in Revelation chapter 1 from verse 5, he says that he has made us kings 
okay, and preached unto God. He says that, and we shall reign upon the earth. That looks like dominion to me. He says, I've given you authority to cast out devils wherever you see the works of the enemy. Put an end to it. That looks like dominion to me. And so God repackages his original plan, his original purpose and agenda, and puts it now and domiciles all that in the body of Christ, which is the church. And that's why the Bible says this in Ephesians 3 and verse 10. And this is a scripture that you should know, that to the intent that now the manifold, manifold, many-sided wisdom, wisdom of God might be made known by the church by the church the, the you know people should see the church and what they see is the manifold wisdom of god will be made known by the church the bible says to principalities and powers even in heavenly places so dominion was restored to the church and so when you go back to romans chapter 12 where we read and you see Paul start a conversation with the church in Rome and he's talking about we are members of this body. We are individuals, but we are members. And he's talking about our, individu indi you know, our uniqueness as individuals, but also the collective body of Christ as a whole. You start to understand what Paul is getting at here. He's talking to us and saying, look, you and I as individuals, we are unique but at the same time, we, are, we belong to a body. And, and the truth is this. When you see members of a body, so look at your body, for example. Look at your fingers. If you just saw fingers on the floor just moving, it's, it's so out of, it makes no sense, right? It looks like it, it's, there's no context to it. And for many of us, you have to understand that there is no context to your life outside of the body of Christ. When people don't understand this that's when you have um, an on and off relationship with the body of christ and i'm not talking about your local church i'm talking about the body of christ if you don't love the body of christ as a christian it means you don't understand that you are out of context when you're not plugged into the body of christ it's like an arm what can an arm do without being plugged to the body and of course when it's plugged to the body it's extremely useful and beneficial to the body but without the body it's it's i don't know it lacks context that's the best way i can put it it lacks context so Paul is saying in Romans chapter 12 that we are all individuals. He's saying to us that the collective of us is the body of Christ. <laughs> okay, we are a small piece of a larger piece. That's what he's trying to say. And we all have unique utility. We all have a unique attributes and gifts that God has given to us. And it is given to us by grace. And now I really start to teach about what I'm trying to talk about today. Because the title of my topic is this. Let us use them. Let us use them. When Paul makes this connection... He bridges the gap between we are members of the, of the body of Christ, we are members of the church. He bridges that gap immediately and connects it to our gifts. And he's saying that having then gifts, he starts out by talking about your members of the body of Christ individually and the collective group of us. Then he goes then having then gifts. And our gifts are different, just like every part of your body has different utility. What your hand can do, your feet cannot do. What your toes can do, your fingers cannot do. All right, What your eyes can do, definitely your ears cannot do. And what your ears can do, your teeth cannot do. And he's saying that that's exactly how we are. Together we make a complete piece, but we have different dimensions of utility or special abilities that God has given to us, which he's calling gifts gifts and so one of the reasons why god gives us gifts is so that we can 
exercise dominion pay attention one of the reasons or one of the <laughs> uh let me say your giftings all right are articles of dominion they are instruments of dominion and so what he does to the body of christ that manifold wisdom that is spoken about in ephesians 3 and verse 10 is that he gives to each person a gift or gifts more than one in some cases and those gifts though become articles of dominion when they are perfectly deployed when they're used in the right context when they are used with understanding when you tend the gift and when you keep the gift you will have dominion so your gifts are articles of dominion listen the best chance you have in life let me just tell you right now your best chance of making an impact is in line with the giftings that you have and a lot of times you know and you see people who struggle to want to become something because it appears to them that that that's that's more um I don't know what the, what the right word is now. It looks like it's more, you know, there's more honor. It's it's a bit more respectable. You know, um, it's you admire what other people have become. And because of that, you want to become something else. And, and in doing that, in some cases, we neglect then the gifts that God has given to us. We abuse it in some cases. In some cases, we outright just, we reject it. <laughs> all right and we just we we, dis, we we just look at it with disdain like what is this gift that god has given to me but the gifts that you have are your primary articles of dominion and no one can walk in dominion while ignoring their gifts no one can walk in dominion while you are ignoring the gifts that god has given to you so paul says having then gifts plural different according to grace the reason why it's according to grace because grace is usually a function of something that you have not done for you haven't earned it it's a gift okay and it's given to you no one ever went to god in heaven before you were born and says god as i'm going to the earth right now i want to be able to draw oh god i want to be able to um, play basketball no god just gives you gifts because it's according to grace and paul says let us use let us use them let us use them when we talk about gifts in the bible one person that comes to mind a lot of times is joseph all right we see that joseph had a gift and what was his gift he had the ability to dream pay attention he didn't have the ability to interpret dreams at first he just had the ability to dream and guess what when we're talking about gifts in this context if if, if someone asks you what are your gifts right now it's unlikely that you would mention something like that as a gift. You would, you would, you would look at it and be like, no, well, you just, what is that? That's not a big deal. Everyone dreams. But Joseph understood that what he had was special. The ability to dream, as simple as that. And then, by stewarding, by tending, and by keeping it, it he ended up being able to interpret dreams. And that was what brought about the recognition that God had when he stepped before Pharaoh Pharaoh did not just give Joseph honor, he gave glory to God because he says that there is a spirit of God in this young man. That's dominion. He became ruler. He became ruler over Egypt. Why? By the gifts that he had. When you think about a man called Solomon, the Bible says that God gave Solomon wisdom. And by the wisdom of Solomon, Israel became great. Under Solomon, Israel had a bright, bright destiny. They were the envy of the whole world. Why? Because one person understood that I have a gift of wisdom. I'm going to use it to administer. And so when you look at what Paul is saying to us, 
the gifts that he mentions there are things that some of us have and you've despised. And But I said, that's not an exhaustive list. So he's talking about things like the gift of encouragement. Who, who would think that that's something special? I mean, we all want the gift of, of prophecy. You know, you want to see a vision and say, this is what the Lord showed me when I was sleeping at night and I, I just saw seven angels. And we want all these super spiritual gifts. But Paul is saying that there is even a gift of, of exhortation, of encouragement. He says, use it. All right? There's a gift of generosity. God has given you more resources than you need in this season of your life, and he has given you a heart that wills to give. He says, use it. He's given some people the ability to teach. He says, teach well. Okay? He breaks it down. The, oh, guess what? Serving other people. Who would have thought that that's a gift to envy? He says, use it. And he's saying this, obviously, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he's talking to the body of Christ as a whole, because our gifts are articles of dominion. Our gifts are articles of dominion. What the Lord started to say to me about this, because as, we, as we're going to start the new year, and I was meditating on this, was that a lot of times we, every, everyone... I'm sure everyone listening to me right now, everyone who would watch this later, one of the things you want, to, you want to know, one of the questions that's burning in your heart is, I want to know my purpose. I don't know about you. I mean, can I see in the chat section, you want to know your purpose. I, I was like that. I, I mean, <laughs> I was obsessed about this. After I met the Lord, the next big question I had was, God, what is my purpose? I want clarity around my purpose. And that's a good thing to want. That's a good thing to seek and to desire. But those are to make me understand that if you simply employ... Okay, and use the gift that he has given to you, you will eventually find purpose. You don't have to look for it. You will stumble into it just by following the gift that he has given to you. You will find purpose. As a matter of fact, a lot of people would end up walking in purpose, never knowing that they were working in purpose, just to show up before the Lord. And the Lord will say, welcome, my good and faithful, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful in what I had called you to do because the things that God has called you to do, he will give you the gifts that support it. So stop chasing purpose because sometimes that can become, um, that can leave you a bit confused, okay, and discouraging. Something you say, well, God hasn't spoken to me about my purpose. I didn't see a vision. I didn't see Angel Gabriel. If you follow your gifts, you will find your purpose. Write that down. If you follow your gifts, you will find your purpose. You will find your purpose. Having then gifts differing paul says let us all of us he's writing to the church in rome so this is to lighthouse church and to our online church let us let us use them let us use them and when i talk to people sometimes one of, one of the feelings i get is some people feel like i don't have any special gifts i don't have any special gifts but let me assure you of something there is not a single child of god well first let's start with human beings in general and then take a subset of human beings and talk about people who have put their trust in Jesus, who are followers of Jesus Christ. There is not a single follower of Jesus Christ that God has not given a special ability to. There is not one person. The Bible actually says, I think this would be in First Peter chapter 4 and probably verse 10, that each one of us has received a gift. Each one has received a gift. So there is nobody that doesn't have gifts. Let me tell you the reason why we don't see our gifts. One of the reasons why we don't see our gifts is because we are busy complaining that we have nothing. So I remember the story 
of the widow um, in Second Kings chapter 3. This is a widow whose husband was a prophet and he had just died, left her with two sons and some debt, and the creditors had come to take her children. So she goes running to the man of God, Elijah, crying, you know, Second Kings chapter 4, I believe. And she says to him, you know, my husband is dead. Now the creditors are coming to take my children. And the man of God, he's obviously heartbroken about the situation and he's trying to help her. So he asks her, um, lady, what do you want me to do for you? And right before he waits, he doesn't even wait for her to answer that question. He says, tell me, what do you have in the house? What do you have in your hands? What do you have? What garden do you have? And the Bible says that she starts out saying, you know, I have nothing at all because she's still, you know, on that train of complaints. But she quickly remembers, oh, I have a little bit of oil in the house. And the man of God says that that's enough. That's enough. Go use it. He says that borrow vessels, pour out the oil, sell it. And then you would even not only will it pay off all your debt, you will have left over to live on for the rest of your days with something so small that she was just about to overlook because she started out if you pay attention to that reading um you can read it in your, in your on your own time it, you know she starts out saying i don't have anything then she says oh only a little bit of a you know of a jar of oil and because of that she's able to get her and that's what happens with our gifts a lot of time if i asked you what are your gifts right now somebody say well i'm not really sure i have any gifts you know the only thing is that um you know anytime i cook for my friends they come back for more okay well <laughs> that might be your jar of oil okay that might be your jar of oil that might be it but what when we complain one of the things that complaining does for us is that it has the ability does to us not for us it has the ability to blind you when you complain you will not see clearly you will never in any situation if you complain about your your spouse you will never see the good in your spouse you complain about your children you will never see the good you complain about your job you will never see the good complaining has a direct correlation or direct connection to our eyes for whatever reason our spiritual eyes and our physical eyes when you complain you miss out and you're not able to see the things that are right before your eyes she said i have nothing oh i have just a little bit of a, a small jar of oil at home and the man of god says that that's enough that's all you need that's all you need many of us think we don't have any special gifts because you admire the person who stands on stage and the sister you know the brother who sings so beautifully and anytime they sing it's like the anointing of the holy spirit comes down okay and the person who has the ability to prophesy all right but because you do that you don't see what you have you don't see what you have what is special about generosity why would paul say that if you have the gift of generosity like seriously that's a gift really that is a gift absolutely there are people who the kingdom of God will be, you know, <laughs> will be handicapped, will not be able to move forward if they don't fulfill their calling as people who are called to be generous people. He says that it's a calling. It's a gift. It's a gift. So the special ability that God has given to you may not seem so special to you until it shows up in the grand scheme of things. That's when it makes sense. You know, sometimes I speak to people and I ask them, you know, who's the most memorable person, you know, the person you admire the most in your life. You'll be surprised how many people tell me that it's one high school teacher that they had. A teacher made such an impact in the lives of certain people that they never forget them for the rest of their days. So there is nothing small in the hands of God. If you're attending it and you're keeping it, it is never going to be small. It has a huge role to play. In God's scheme of things. And without that role being played, 
there will be a gap there will be a bit of a disconnect and there'll be a vacuum that will be created in that situation another thing i realized is that we have abandoned our place oh this one actually gets me fired up most times many people you know, when you become a child of God, you start saying, you know, I've, I've made up my mind to go God's way, goodbye to the world. And because we say goodbye to the world, we become useless to the world. We don't want to do anything that, that, that does not involve tongues. We, we shy away from innovation. We shy away from, you know, industry. We shy away from anything that does not appear to be, quote, unquote, spiritual to us. But the gifts that God has given the body of Christ, if we're going to have, because dominion has to be all around people. You have to understand that. If you have dominion by, you know, you have the anointing to raise the dead and you don't have finance, financial dominion, then you're not free. If you have finances, but you don't have um, another dimension of dominion, then you're not free, fully free. Dominion has to be all around. And I remember what someone said. Someone said that all truth is God's truth. In other words, anything that is truth. So some of the scientific discoveries out there, some of the things that are happening, you know, mathematical theories and stuff. God needs ambassadors in all different spheres of life because all truth ultimately is God's truth. So we've abandoned our post. We've left everything. Can you imagine that when COVID-19 hit us in, you know, in Canada anyways, around March of 2020, that there was no YouTube. Imagine that there was no, um, no Instagram. How would the church be able... So now you find the church leveraging on things that people who are not particularly followers of jesus christ have come up with because we walked out of certain areas imagine that can you imagine that people have neglected some some areas that christians have backed away from the world would look like 1975 today or 1982 or something things would be so backwards it would make no sense and so you find out now that we are relying upon things that we should have been leading, things that we should have pioneered. We're relying upon that now because we never stepped up. You know, I really appreciate a man called Craig. Craig Rochelle is a pastor of a church called Life Church. And Life Church, of course, you know, they, you know, they're the owners of the Bible app that most of you have in your phone. They're the owners of the online.church platform that we're streaming on right now that they made available for free, by the way, to churches. That is innovation. That is someone fulfilling his calling you know, in his area of purpose. If they said, well, it's technology, we're just going to leave it for Silicon Valley, you know. But there are people that God has anointed for every single area of society. There are people in the Bible that God anointed to build things with their hands. There are people that God anointed to lead. There are people that God anointed to fight battles. There are people that God anointed just to give wise counsel. Every single thing, the Bible says, having then gifts differing. What you have, I don't have, but I need what you have. And you definitely need what I have. And what, you know, the other person have, you don't have. And so we all are interrelated. I, I need, my fingers need my hand, my arms, my arms need my torso, my torso need my organs. Everything is needed and there is nothing that is useless. But we have backed away and the enemy has taken a, foot, a, front, a, front, a front row, you know, at some of these areas. And he's now exploiting the body of Christ. Imagine that YouTube said, well, no church. It's allowed to stream because I don't agree with what you guys preach. Can you imagine how many churches would have shut down over the pandemic because we have not exercised dominion? And I remember, as I said, I remember a friend of mine um, <laughs> back in the day, um, so a few, <laughs> few years ago. This dude is a character, okay? Great guy. He comes to your house, like he comes to my house, um, and he, because, of course, they're visiting you, you say, well, hey, let me, I'm going to order you guys some pizza to entertain you or something, you know, whatever. So I order a pizza and um, 
the person who delivers the pizza comes to the door, you know, wasn't touchless delivery back then. They actually hit on your door because they wanted to get a tip from you, cash most times. And, you know, you go to the door, but he's in your house. He's a visitor in your house. He, uh, he goes and he answers the door. He takes the pizza from the dude. Then he comes, opens it, and starts to eat. And then while he's eating, he looks at you in the face and says, do you want some? I'm like, bro, I ordered this pizza. What is wrong with you? He does that all the time. Or he comes into your house. Joke. I mean, I actually need to call him up. He comes into your house and goes into your fridge. He opens the fridge, takes out something, hits it up on the microwave, and he starts to eat. And he says, Would you, do you want some? I'm like, bro, that's my food you're eating. What is the matter with you? And that's what the devil has done to Christians. Things that we should have been at the forefront of, things that we should own and be in control of and have dominion over, he is taken over. And then now we're having to feed out of his hands. It is a shame. It is a shame. But the Bible says this, that the gifts that God has given to us are according to grace. And the thing about grace is that grace backs gifts. I remember my wife and I were talking recently and uh, one of the things we are talking about was the fact that when you're operating outside of your primary area of gifting, you're going to struggle. The reason why you're struggling might not be because the enemy is attacking you. It might just be because you don't have grace for it. And so the easiest way to operate with natural excellence, the easiest way to operate with, you know, with, with, with ease, all right, and with, um, with a, a certain level of excellence is when you operate in the area of giftings. It's easy. People look at you and they're, they're shocked. How do you do this? It's the grace that... So Paul says in Romans 12 where we read, it says that having therefore gifts, having then gifts differing according to your grace. He says, let us use them. So if you're saying that you, if you feel like you're struggling in life, you're trying to do this particular job and things are not working out on the job, listen, it's a very significant you know, possibility that you are outside your area of grace. You don't have to struggle. God has not built any of us to struggle. There are areas that he has given us natural abilities to thrive in. You just need to find your spot and you need to operate in your sweet spot. Grace backs your giftings. It backs your giftings. And so what do you do naturally well? It's the beginning of a new year. So that you don't get frustrated in life. So that you don't chase a dream for 15 years just to realize I was never meant to be going down that path to begin with. What do you do naturally well? What are the gifts that you have? What are the gifts that you have? Is it in sports? Is it in creativity? Are you creative? Do you have a creative mind? Is it in literature? Are you good with words? All right. Is it mathematics? Are you, you know, a math whiz? Is it innovation? Do you always see better ways to do things? Is it the gift of encouragement? You can become a counselor. Is it the, uh, is, are you someone who your friends, whenever they have troubles, they come to you, they want to talk to you. Think about that. That might be your gift. You're a good listener. You give good advice. Is it the gift of prayer? Some of us can pray more than others. All right, some of you are anointed to pray. I know that. So this fasting period now, you're going to be shaming some of us. Use it. Is it the gift of giving? Then give. Some people are addicted to giving. They are, you know, we say in this house that generosity is our way of life. It is a gift in some cases. 
every Christian ought to give, no doubt about that, just like every Christian ought to pray. But there are people who have a special grace for it, and you cannot explain how they do it, and they always get more. It's a gift. Or you go with your hands. It's a gift. Science. It's a gift. Do you have the gift of prophecy? Are you visionary? Do you see things 10 years in advance and then it happens and you're not like, oh, and I saw this 10 years ago. It's a gift. What are you doing? Do you have a gift in fashion, media? Do you have a good voice? I mean, you might not be able to sing, but you might have a voice that's good for, you know, voice acting or something. There's some people that they have such, uh, such unique voices. Are you actually good at acting? What are you naturally good at? The Holy Spirit, because you think that the Holy Spirit is this, you know, this personality that is all about tongues and shaking. And then you come to church and devil cast out and people throwing a tantrum and all that stuff in church. Yes, that's a dimension of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul says any gift that he is giving to you, you need to use it. You need to use it. Do you realize something? In the book of Acts chapter 2, pay attention. I lean into this now. Acts chapter 2, that's the story of the Holy Spirit coming on the day of Pentecost. Stay with me. Stay with me. The Bible says that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, I'm paraphrasing, the disciples, the apostles were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the room where they were, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues as of fire, and it sat on each and every one of them. Okay, that's the, the coming of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, And they began, stay, to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. But if you go further, pay attention. Acts chapter 2 from verse 5. I want to read something to you. Pay attention. Listen with your spirit. The Bible says that as a result of the noise, a crowd had gathered. And it says that, And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, a devout man from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, when this Holy Spirit invasion happened, the multitude came together and they were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Keep that in mind. Everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to another, one another, Look, are all... And not all these who speak Galileans. In other words, these men are all from Galilee. How do we hear them in our own language in which we were born? So in case you don't know who these people are, the Bible goes on to tell us where they came from. So you had people that were from, there were Parthians and Medes and Elamites. Okay, those dwelling in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phrygia and Pamphylia. And Egypt and parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene. We had people from Rome and Jews and there were proselytes and there were Cretans from Crete and Arabs. People from every nation, from everywhere. They talk about diversity in one place. These people gathered together. But what was amazing is that the Bible says that they said, We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of god what i'm trying to say to you is this pay attention pay attention one of the things that the holy spirit does is that he gives you a language for an audience hmm. 
I'll say it again so that those at the back can hear me. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does is that he gives you the right language for the right audience. And when I say language, think outside of just language that we use for communication, but also think about the language that is spoken in different spheres. So if you are going into media, the Holy Spirit can give you the right language for media. Now, you don't show up to a boardroom and say, the Holy Spirit is moving upon you. Now, they will remind you to a psychiatric home. That's not the language of the boardroom. When we, when we, the problem with Christians is that the only language we know is the language of the church. So outside of the church, we have no value, no value over and above the other person. We speak in tongues, but tongues is a, is a language for the house. It's just like at home. And in my house, we have certain little words and slangs that we use just, we have a way of speaking within ourselves. You don't go out and speak that way because it's a different context. And God gives you a language for your context, a language for your specific, specific context. So if you're in media, he would give you a language by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that you can use in that area to dominate. If you are in sports, he gives you the language of sports. You are in innovation. You don't go to Silicon Valley, for example, and start saying, oh, I, you have a stomachache. I rebuke the stomachache in your belly. No, they don't need prayer for stomachache. They have the best doctors in the world. You need that when you go on rural evangelism. The language of that is power. When you come to Silicon Valley, what you need is vision. You need wisdom. You need ideas that are way ahead of it of, of our times so that you can bring to bear god's principles upon that industry there is a language and so the bible was saying that one of the things that happened here these people from all these different countries they heard the same thing what did they hear the wonderful works of god so the message is the same but the language is different. So I'm not saying to you that you should leave the message of Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it's the way that Jesus is communicated in a different context. There's a way you communicate Jesus to an atheist. There's a way you communicate Jesus to someone who has two PhDs because he's an intellectual. There's a way. And so you see Paul in different contexts apply himself, bring in the language of that context to communicate Jesus Christ because he was an expert at this. The Bible says we all, we are from 25 different countries speak 25 different languages but we all hear them speaking to us the wonderful works of god the message is the same how you use your gifts in fashion is a different language it's a, it's a different language from how i use mine in the pharmaceutical industry for example where i am it's a different you know you know different application when i take that into medical field or into the legal field it's the language of the industry that you speak inspired by the holy spirit but guess what the message is the same people should look at you and say the wonderful works of god are at work in this person the bible says in psalms 19 and verse 1 the heavens declare the glory of god and the firmament shows his handiwork day unto day uttereth speech night unto night reveals knowledge it says there is no speech no language where their voice is not heard there is there should be no single no none well maybe you know if it's vile industries that have now been created obviously and the reason why some of the entertainment have gone into that direction is because christians never took 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 a, took a stand in those places anyways but there is no sector where our voice would not or should not be heard it doesn't exist it doesn't exist so don't be too spiritual 
to the point where you forget that part of spirituality is dominion. And if God's dominion is going to be seen, and Bible says it's a manifold wisdom, it's a many-sided wisdom, speaking to the fact that we are a body and there's a diversity of gifts. We're united, but we have diversities of gifts. And so when you use all that, imagine that last year a Christian came up with a vaccine for COVID-19, like in June or July, and they asked him on CNN, you know, how did you come? And he says, you know what? The Lord appeared to me in a dream and told me, mix this and mix that, and I've got the vaccine. Can you imagine what that does for the name of the Lord? But we have Christians who are in, you know, in vaccine, from in, in the pharmaceutical industry, in that space of, you know, R&D, who don't know that they're there as representatives of Christ. Don't know. Completely oblivious. The mandate is the same. Have dominion. And Paul is saying to the church, having then gifts, differing according to grace he says let us use can you help me tell someone please use your gifts please use your gifts can you plead with them for me please use your gifts please use your gifts tongues is not enough friends it's not enough you know the man who led me to christ there's a man called Dr. Akinwomi Adeshina. This man, in 2005, came to my church and he spoke those words I said to you earlier to me. The Lord said, I will give you grace, but walk before me and be perfect. He laid his hands on me. I knew that he had imparted something into me. This man was a tech, is a technocrat by excellence. He used to be a minister of agriculture in my country he he was on the board of the rock i think he was on the board or something or a director in the rockefeller foundation i think the only black director that they've ever had this is a guy who <laughs> you know today he's the president of the african development bank and he meets with presidents of nations till today he today he's a tongue-speaking firebrand christian but he's an agricultural economist if you go on the website of the african development bank and read his bio you, your jaw will drop this man led me to jesus by the prophetic grace upon his life but he's a technocrat to the core he speaks the language of christ and he has conquered an i mean the people he meets with on a daily basis are presidents that's it because he shapes the economy of countries the economies of countries by the virtue of his position as a president of the african development bank and the hand of god is with him you know he was just voted in this is a testimony that's public so i can say it was just voted in for another term um later early part of last year or mid last year and when he was being voted in the u.s opposed his his candidacy and said he would he should not be voted. they did not support him but he still won so the hand of god can be upon you for an industry don't think that god's hand is just on you to run wild in church and you know sing some songs and do some dances in church it's beyond that if our world is going to see Jesus, there are people who would never come into the four walls of a church and they're looking to see Jesus in your life. You know, I remember sometime last year, one of my one of my coworkers in the office, because in the office I intentionally don't talk about, about, about Jesus or the fact that I'm a pastor or anything like that. I just I want my work to speak for itself and I want you to ask me questions. And people ask me all the time, if someone came to me and said, How do you do it? We just, I just know there's something different about you. Can you help me? Can you help me? Can you pray with me? This is in the in the office. Can you pray with me? How do you handle it? How do you do these things? It's the hand of Jesus Christ. And if you don't understand that you are there as an ambassador, you just think, well, I'm trying to feed my family. I'm just trying to get a job. And because you take that mentality into certain things, you never really show forth. Your light never shines. You never really, exp you know, 
shine forth and maximize the potential that God has given to you. Having therefore a gift, let us use them. There's another man called Strive. Strive Masiua is his name. He's a man from Zimbabwe. He's a billionaire in dollars from Zimbabwe, and he's a Christian as well. The story goes that this this man was supposed to bid, you know, his company, his his telecoms was going to place a bid for some national assets. We're going to bid for a telecoms industry for Econet, I think it's called, um, in Nigeria back then. And he goes on to tell he's a billionaire, so he he has comp, you know, his company has <laughs> footprints in many different countries. He has a bunch of people working for him, smart people working for this guy, and he tells his team when we go into for this bid, this is the amount we're going to bid. We're not going to go beyond this amount. He goes on to tell them. That I know we're not going to win the, win the bid. We're going to come in second. But we're not going to go beyond this price. Because I know that the company that wins the bid is not going to be able to deliver. And we're going to end up with it. I mean, this was this was strange. And everyone's looking at him like, dude, how? what are you talking about? We, we are experts. We are Harvard grads. You know, we went to Stanford. And we're from Oxford. All right. Can, can, you, can you allow us to do our job? And the man says, no. This is by the help of the Holy Spirit. Indeed, they go to bid. His company came in second. A company won the bid, all right, but they couldn't deliver. And as exactly as he said, they came to his company and said, well, you guys came second, so you can have it. Can you imagine if they had overpaid for that? So he's doing business. He's a billionaire, like I said, in dollars. And he's a child of God, conquering telecoms like crazy. So don't think that it's never been done before. It has been done. The man, the man called Daniel in the Bible that we all call a prophet, he was a technocrat. He was a minister. That's what he was. He was a cabinet minister. That was his job. But we call him a prophet now because of the dimension of things that he did while he was in Babylon. What would you be remembered for? What would you be remembered for? This year, I know you've had all your resolutions written out and you're already struggling even though it's just day three. Remember this. Use your gifts. Don't let anything remain on the bottom of the shelf. Take them out, dust them out, and get ready to use them. The message is the same. The Bible says that they heard them speaking the wonderful works of God in their own language. So it's the same message that you're going to be speaking. It's the same message I'm going to speak. But we're going to have different contexts, different languages, different applications. Because that's how it works. Don't go to the boardroom and be blasting tongues. There is a place for your tongues. There's a place to speak eloquent, quaint English. All right? And to deliver results. What must, me, what, what must I do? What must I do? You must have a dominion mindset before we talk about the gift. The mindset you have first must be a dominion, must be a mindset of I am an agent of dominion. I'm here to enforce and bring dominion for, for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't have that mindset, you will be corrupted. That's one of the reasons why you cannot keep the garden. Okay, you can tend it, but you cannot keep it. Because what happens is that when you start getting a bit more successful, you're going to get corrupted. The reason why you get corrupted when you start getting successful is because you forgot that it was dominion. Have a dominion mindset. Number two, identify your gifts. Identify your gifts. What are you naturally good at? Number three, put them to use. Look for every opportunity to put your gifts to use. I don't have too many gifts, personally. I'm not like multi-talented in a lot of different things. But the things that I can do, I try my best to make sure I'm doing it as often as I can and as well as I can. Use your gifts. Use your gifts. Be a good steward. Tend it. Cultivate it. So make it better. Refine it. 
If God has given you a gift in one area, don't just take the gift and, and, and give God back raw materials. Refine it. Refine it. Refine it. Cultivate it. The Bible says to tend the garden and to keep it. Make sure you're tending the garden. Advance it. Improve it. Develop it. All right? Develop mastery around it. Another thing you should do, you should guard it. And that's where corruption comes in. Because like I said, anything you start to do, as soon as you start to succeed in anything, the temptation will come for you to walk away from the Lord. For you to use your gifts for purposes that don't glorify God. For you to forget that you do, you're doing this for the glory of his name. The day would never come or should never come when you forget that I'm, I'm just an agent here representing the lord once you take it and think about oh what will i gain how do i use it for my advantage you will start to deviate you will carve a path that will lead you far away from the will of god remember to keep it don't allow the enemy into your garden so don't even don't don't even don't even get to the point of negotiation once eve started talking to satan she already lost the battle the battle should have been won by keeping him out the bible says tend and keep keep your gift Keep it. Make sure that it's governed by the laws of God and you use it only for the glory of his name. Anything God has given you and you use, you know, in a way that does not bring glory to his name, it means you're not keeping your garden. You've allowed an enemy to hijack the very articles of dominion that God has put in your hands. First Peter 4.10, and I close with this, says this. As each one has received a gift, each one, each one, every one of you, listening to me right now you have received a gift you didn't you didn't earn you received it was given to you it says minister it to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of god so it's it's stewardship okay that allows you or that causes you to use the gifts that god has given to you and he says that you are a recipient of the manifold grace of god so you need to steward that grace my prayer for you as you're going into this year, as you're starting the new year, is that you will find your gifts. And some, I hear someone right now, thank you, Holy Spirit, saying in their heart that I'm confused because I, have, I feel like I have so many things that I'm good at. I'm not sure what to do. That's where you go before God. And now that's where your tongues really now matter and start to speak to God. What, which of these matter? Which of these is of significance in this season? Because when you have multiple things going for you also, there might be some things that are significant in this season and the others are for the next season. In some cases, they build on each other. Okay, You might not need to deploy all of them at once, but you need to start using the ones that are relevant for this season. That's what the Lord is saying to tell you right now in the name of jesus christ i want you wherever you are to understand one thing though that jesus coming into your life brings gifts because the holy spirit is the ultimate gift that you need all right when, when you accept the lord when you say i surrender my life and you mean it ha, i told you my story this was may 2005 i have been in church i was actually the head of the ushering department when i gave my life to jesus don't ask I've been in church. I know the language of church. I've been in church my whole life. My parents took us to church when we were growing up. But I never made a decision that I was ready to stand by and say from today, Jesus indeed becomes Lord of my life. But the moment you do that and you mean it, what happens is that the first gift comes into your heart, which is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit now starts to stir you. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit was moving upon Samson, all right, moving upon him in certain regions, starts to stir your heart to align yourself and to see the things that God has put in your hands. I, 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 as a young man, you know, I was 
you know, full of ideas. You know, I, I had a lot of potential, but no direction. No direction. I just wanted to do everything. I wanted to touch everything. I wanted to get involved in everything. But when I gave my heart to Jesus, one of the things that happened, like I said, my grades immediately shot up. For some reason, God was able to focus me and help me to see clearly. And since then, it's been one step after the other. He walks with you faithfully because he would help you. The Holy Spirit would help you to see the gifts that are relevant in any season. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel. If you want to be a blessing to others, share the message. To stay connected, download our app and follow us on Instagram at Lighthouse Church Ottawa. We love you.